0: Noble Experiment by Robert P. Fitton, episode 12, An Alien Named Grok. Being surrounded by the mysterious weightless feeling within the green light didn't frighten Bill Brady. In fact, he anticipated his destination with great ease. He was soon inside the reflective room, and as the wall was retracted, he had a broad grin on his face. The room existed, just like it had in his blackouts. Likewise, the Mergendorffs in the outer room were no strangers to him. They were brandishing weapons, however, trained right on his human figure. The weapons looked like silver spiders, five distinct pipes or chambers curving from a round power source. Activation of the weapon occurred at the trigger buttons next to both thumbs of their hand. Brady stared at the serious intent of the dwarfs, and suddenly the experience was not so exhilarating. As they stood guard, the same commander, Grok and his second-in-command, Paris, came running from the chute into the outer room. They looked over to Bill Brady, human being, standing in the other room with his hands on his hips. "'Commander Grok, he said as if he already knew the commander. "'I must say you keep your age very well!' Brady wondered if Grok saw the resemblance between Brady and his ancestor Hank Brady. Grok looked mystified. He motioned for the dwarfs to lower their weapons and shouted out several words imperceptible to Brady. "'Devest me ichim, blosnuck! Devest me ichim, blosnuck! answered one of the guards as he shook his larger-than-human head. "'Blakasem blosnuck!' asked his second-in-command as another dwarf arrived in the room from the chute, carrying the translator. To the utter astonishment of the Mergendorfs, Brady walked right up to the inner room and took the device from the dwarf. He could see the confusion in Grok's large black eyes. Our computers tell us, said Grok, his voice heard clearly by Brady, that you made several direct references to our activities in this area. We know who you are we have followed your analysis of the human being von Grunkle. Your name is Bill Brady. Then you must know I'm descended from Hank Brady. He was my great-grandfather. Yes, we know that. When your articles first appeared about that fraudulent Earth man, we were able to trace the connection. Well, I know of your six stations of Neuralon and how they are 500 miles below the surface of the planet. You are the guardians of Earth. Explain. Was this information passed down through your family? Asked the commander. No, no, said Brady, looking at their pink skin and light blue hair. In a way, you could say I imagined you. Vague statements, said Paris, are hardly helpful at this time. All right, then you tell me in a clear way what August 31st, 1992, in ARPEG means to you. Grock blinked his eyes quickly and pulled his second-in-command to the corner of the room, but Brady could hear through the device. Paris, this human knows the date, said Grok. In the other information, Commander, some type of transference has taken place in his brain, and due directly to what I did here, eighty-eight of their Earth years ago, said Grok. More than likely was totally my responsibility. We will take the human Brady to the... Are you saying we should keep this human aboard the vessel? Demanded Paris. That is exactly what I'm saying, Paris. The laws of Balrain expressly forbid the extradition of aliens, said Paris. A human being walking around with the date in his head? To sound ruthless, Commander, but the law is specific in cases of contact. Kill him? asked Grok as Brady began to back into the first rooms. "'What does a date mean?' asked Brady over his feelings of self-preservation. "'See?' said Paris. "'He's already begun to ask questions, Commander.' "'No, we won't kill him, nor will we send him back,' said Grok as they walked toward the reflective room. "'Are you planning to take over Earth on that date?' Brady asked them. "'We will answer no questions at this time, Brady.' said Grark, as he turned toward his guards and stepped back. Fluton's ready, disable. The dwarfs raised their multi chambered weapons toward Brady, and he cowered to the back of the room. Five streams of bright light from each fluton moved rather slowly across the room, reaching their target in less than a second. There was no escape for Brady as the energy hit him all over, paralyzing his nervous system painlessly. With a slight smile on his face he fell to the floor. Bring him to the conversion area. Prepare a team for morphological transformation. Brady was kept unconscious during all the phases of the transformation. In a series of steps taking weeks, the medical personnel aboard the vessel altered Brady's body. In its place, he had the outward appearance of a Murgandorff. He counted three Earth weeks, according to the Murgandorff, from his encounter at Peace Mountain, Bill Brady slowly opened his large, brown, black eyes. A female dwarf was sitting on the edge of the bed, and she arose as he sat up. "'The hell's going on here?' asked Brady as he looked around the room. "'Your human body has been altered into a Murgendorf, body the exterior only.' "'What?' he shouted, and he looked at the dual thumbs on each hand. He reached upward and felt the fine blue hair on his head, and he ran his hand across the connecting brows. "'How did you do this?' "'This is impossible. And how am I able to hear you?' "'One question at a time, Brady. "'The hearing has been accomplished by the placement of a processor in your spinal cord, "'coordinated with your brain to provide, shall we say, supplements, your speech ability. "'We can hear you, and you can hear us.' "'Unbelievable. "'This was accomplished in ten separate operations. "'We are quite proud of the detail. "'You have the best features of the race. "'A villager from the northern Middle Hills,' she said, handing him a mirror.' "'Good-looking?' he smiled, looking at his mouth. "'The white teeth-plate was firmly in place. "'I must leave now and notify the commander you are awake,' "'said the female as she walked to the round doorway, "'and it opened like an iris. "'A young dwarf of command rank was standing outside, "'and he exchanged imperceptible words with the e-dwarf. "'The dwarf walked inside, and the door closed. "'My name is Antovian. "'I am the director of this vessel.' "'The what?' "'I determine the vessel's course.' You mean navigator, if you will. And as I said, my name is Antovian, he said as he put his hand on Brady's shoulder. This is the greeting of my people. It is like your handshake. I take it I'm not going back to Earth. I think you can answer that question for yourself, Brady. The operation has been done in order to transition you into our world. Swell, said Brady as he looked around the room. The rest of my life with you people. Look, not that a few months, even years, might not be interesting, but how can I possibly live among you in this law? What is this law of Valrain? Cannot answer that question right now. You will probably be taught, he said with a touch of sadness in his eyes. I can feel for you, Brady, having to leave your own people, their ways, and customs for a new life. I can only tell you that you must make the best of what happens to you. Take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. What do you mean? Haven't they told you about the date? No, no, I just woke up. You mean August 31st, 1992. Then I don't know anything about it. I'm sorry. I thought the commander might have spoken to you. He said as Grok appeared in the doorway. The director stood as his commander came over to the bed. That will be all, Dwarf Fantovian. Yes, commander. He said as he turned to Brady. I will be back to see you again, Brady. Yes, nice to have... He said as the dwarf left the room. Have met you. Edorf Susqua tells me that your human bodily functions read normal. Do you feel any ill effects? Edorf Susqua? Yes, the supervising doctor, as you might say, said Grok. Are you feeling well, despite the reading? You cut me up like a piece of sculpture and then ask if I feel all right? Very typical of your race, yes. Excessive reactions, runaway order. You found a better way? While the fundamental law is not strictly enforced by those in the perimeter, we do recognize it as yielding in truth and purpose. What does your fundamental law say about changing a human into a dwarf? The change was done for your own good. You could hardly function in our society looking as you did. Then you are bringing me back to Murgendorf. No, 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 no one ever goes to Mergendorf. You come from Mergendorf, and now you tell me you can't even go back to your own planet. That is correct. The elders are the guardians. The elders require your presence, Brady. They know what is best, and we will follow. This vessel is in a guarding status over the Earth stations. We are the last vessel to leave your planet. The stations have been abandoned completely. "'I just don't understand any of this,' confessed Brady. "'Brady, your race is becoming sophisticated in many ways. "'We would soon be detected in our guardianship status,' said Grok "'as he moved his arms across his chest. "'Right. I have questions, Grok," Brady told him. "'That is why I have come to this Convergent area. "'I want you to know about the blackouts I had. "'Why did I see everything my great-grandfather saw? "'I'm afraid that again is my doing.' The memory synthesis had never been used on humans. I did not want to kill the young boy. He was an innocent party to all that had happened. I ordered the memory erasures so they would forget. It is used against dwarfs who do not follow the laws of Valrain. I can understand that, but what exactly happened? Hank Brady was expressing great indignation at the death of the boy. A human, like a dwarf, has a number of hormones that flow freely when anger sets in. The reaction of our synthesis with those hormones produced some kind of genetic transference. Transference? How is that possible? I don't know the terminology myself. I was told by personnel aboard ship that the memory patterns were produced in specific genes. Apparently the build-up of strong emotion triggers that memory through hormones. I thought I was going insane. I regret that very much. It was all done under my orders and against the law again. "'You're quite a maverick, Grok. "'Maverick?' "'Just an Earth term. "'Has any of your line experienced blackout symptoms?' "'I never heard of it, and I'm the last of my line. "'We also have read the letter and journal in your coat pocket. "'Your coming to Station 6 was very understandable. "'I am also sorry that you cannot return to Earth. "'The alternative, of course, would be death.' "'I'm not so sure of that,' said Brady.' You should consider yourself fortunate, Brady. Your societies on Earth are all impulsive and obsessive in their pursuit of abundance. Mergendorf is a simple planet, guided by the fundamental laws of the elders of reign We cherish peace and frugality, not as strictly as the Earth people, but it is inculcated in our lives. What your race is headed for on Earth would never occur on Mergendorf. Ah, so that goes back to the date again, doesn't it? "'I will get to that. "'You would be brought to the perimeter of the Jambian system, "'a double star system of twelve planets and forty-two moons.' "'Oh, I've always wanted to go there,' said Brady. "'But I never could afford it,' he said with a half-grin. "'Grock had little use for his sense of humor, and continued. "'You Earth people have called the Jambian suns by another name, "'and your ancient legends, Castor, the Gemini twins, Pollux and Castor. "'And the perimeter?' The perimeter is a vast protective network surrounding the entire system. And what about Mergendorf? Mergendorf is the fourth planet, although we do have dwarfs on the other planets, purely for defensive purposes, mind you. And if you will forgive my forgetting Astronomy 101, how far is that from Earth? Approximately 47 of your light years. Oh boy, said Brady in frustration, moving his large body around so he was sitting directly in front of Grogh. You must tell me about the date, Grok. Yes, yes, the date, said Grok as he turned his back and started to walk around the room very slowly. Please listen closely to what I have to say. It's extremely important. I'm all ears, Commander. Your Earth is a typical planet. Typical planets compose only 3% of all known planets. There are stagnant planets where life forms do reach an intelligent level. Twenty percent of all planets are stagnant. What's so typical about Earth? It's cyclical. What do you mean? It means if unobstructed, free from all interference, everything evolves to a certain point. Noralon is on an inevitable course with the War of Undoing. War of Undoing? He questioned, as he did not believe what the dwarf was saying. Concerted sequence of matter-weakening explosions... Purely unknown to those manufacturing the weapons, said Grok slowly. An extension of your nuclear age, which lasted forty years. All life and structure on the Earth's surface will be obliterated in twenty seven of your minutes, beginning at eleven thirty four on the morning of August thirty first, nineteen ninety two. If you are trying to scare me, Grok, I am not, he said honestly. Cracks of unimaginable width and fissures running the lengths of hemispheres will appear from the fire and heat of the initial vaporization. Magma and lava will explode furiously as sections of your planet are engulfed in a remodeling process. The scenario has been placed together in rough form. Some parts are missing, but it has essentially been deciphered. But the most important word, the word that will initiate the destruction, is the arpeg. We do not know its exact meaning, but it has taken us 300 years since we landed on your planet to acquire this information. Well, this is ridiculous. We can't develop such power in 30 or more years. And besides, scientists would know the information. It will never be tested thoroughly. But you just don't wipe out a planet without a trace. You have never witnessed the predetonation of a planet. The matter-weakening chain spreads outward in a ring from the blast joining the other detonations. We saw it happen on Levian 3. And it's happened on Centus 4. The Elders forbid tampering with your history and your Earth. Earth's history and accomplishments will all be destroyed. Your race's existence has been but a noble experiment that is about to come to an end. I don't understand how this could happen, said Brady. The War of Undoing. The Essential Essence. What you call the strong nuclear force it's created between the essence of 14s and 19s. I don't understand. You call them mesons and nucleons. 14s must be within the diameter of a proton or neutron. What we call 7 and 5 essences. For an exchange to happen. If the essences can get this close, the exchange does occur. The particles will bind. If they are farther apart, the essential essence will be too weak, and other forces will move the essences apart. The formation of essences require a great deal of Gronfeld energy, like what is found in the stars. If you're trying to scare me, Grok, with things I don't understand, I am not. And you dwarfs are just going to stand by and let it happen," asked Brady. While we may not be strict adherents to the fundamental law, we still believe in its tenets, and that law dictates compliance to the fundamental law concerning the actual flowing of a history of a planet. If we have interfered, it would mean death to everyone on this vessel. The death of your vessel, Grok, against the death of my world. I would say that's more than an equal trade. Brady was becoming convinced that Grok was telling the truth. It is out of my realm, said Grok. The law is ancient and unyielding. I cannot, as much as I would like to, defy the law. Whose law? I don't understand this foolishness. The law is written and upheld by the elders of Balrein. I don't care about your law. You destroyed that renegade ship. I remember it 88 years ago. If you're so peaceful, haven't you violated your own laws? No. Defense is vital to the principles of Balrein. It sustains the principles of Balrein. You see, defense is separate from the planet itself. It originates from the perimeter. I don't care about your laws. You have the ability use it and save my planet if this war of undoing is going to happen. Brady stood and walked for the first time over to Grok. You seem to blame me or the Mergendorf for what your planet will reap upon itself. You do not understand us, Brady. Society must digress to sustain itself, digress to frugality and the simple life. "'Damn your simple life. Damn your laws. "'People should do what they want to do. "'You fools can't see outside your own stupid laws. "'Can't you even think for yourself? "'Can't you even see the value of life over laws? "'Worlds will remain to take the course they wish. "'You will see that in time,' assured Grok, as he turned away. "'Yeah, free to destroy themselves. "'Their worth as beings in the universe will be wiped from view, "'as if they never existed.' "'But that doesn't mean anything to you, does it, Grok?' "'Grok pushed a button on his belt, and three security dwarfs rushed in from the outside. "'They had weapons and looked ready to use them at his discretion. "'Yes, Commander,' asked the tallest dwarf. "'Bring Brady to his new quarters now?' "'Under guard, eh, Grok?' asked Brady. "'Grok turned and looked at him for a few seconds and then left, "'not willing to discuss anything more with his displaced human.' days had passed and Brady was still inside his quarters. They had given him the contents of his suit, including the worn blue notebook he had used as a reporter. Over the days, he had learned to write with his new hands, and used the Mergendorf version of a pen, a wide bar held by the thumbs with an outer loop holding the ink which descended to a point.
1: And passes aboard this rigid and unyielding vessel. As a reporter, I feel compelled to transcribe my thoughts. After years of categorically denying the existence of extraterrestrials, I sit in a cabin on an alien ship soaring through space. From my world, I can see the universe before me. So much out there, so many worlds, billions of creatures all striving for existence. I am convinced now, in the light of the laws of Valrain, that the prime right of all creatures should not be the right to destroy themselves, self existence must be paramount. But the Mergandoffs do not seem to notice this fact. I thought at first it was just stubbornness. It goes further than pure obstinance. The laws of Valrain, the simple and peaceful life, are thoroughly embedded in their minds, as self existence is in mine. My thoughts, all my thoughts, Assuming every waking minute and hour, are concentrated on breaking their dogmatic attitudes. I gaze through the telescope they have given me. I zero in on the sun, now a mere pinhole of its former shape, and I assure myself that I will act. I have to act. I must get back to Earth and warn everyone of the war of undoing that will happen in less than twenty nine years. I think I constantly think of Lorna back on Earth. And I pray that she's recovered from her gunshot wounds. She was right. Violence begets violence. Perseverance, Warner.
0: There was a momentary disruption in the force field around Brady's room. He turned and stood as the field resumed its bright violet hue. Standing in front of the field was the ship's director, the dwarf, Antovian. Unlike most of the dwarfs, he was smiling broadly. "'You're the director,' said Brady as he closed his notebook. "'It's good to see you. I don't have much company.' "'I thought as much,' said the dwarf, "'but his words did not originate from his mouth. "'He was speaking telepathically as he put his hand on Brady's shoulder. "'I have come to assist you in returning to your planet.' "'Your words. You're not speaking.' "'I am a dwarf who can speak telepathically,' he said as his mouth was motionless.' Please, over to the window, Brady. Say no more. Your thoughts will be read by me. Brady looked at him skeptically and then concentrated. Do all dwarfs have this ability, he thought? No. There are those related through the generations carrying this ability. My abilities are unknown to those aboard this vessel. This is some trick by Grok. This is no trick, Brady. Listen carefully. I have, through my contacts elsewhere, assured the beginnings of a plan to warn your people of the cataclysm. Just who are you? How the hell can you pull off something like that? You can trust me, he answered through his thoughts. How, thought Brady, and he shook his head. I'm at wit's end, Antovian. My whole world will be wiped out, and nobody on that world knows anything about it. From what I've found of the dwarfs on this ship. They're entrenched in their own laws. I mean, I don't know if I can trust anyone. We will be approaching the perimeter very soon. In the meantime, this area of space is filled with renegade small attacking crafts with high speed and maneuverability. And you dwarfs engage them in defense of Volrain, am I right? Yes. The elders have prescribed the area surrounding the perimeter. Four thousand of your miles. This is the boundary. Violation by anyone other than the dwarfs means death. Therefore, they argue, our civilization is kept pure. ...and no extenuating circumstances, and you agree wholeheartedly. No, I do not agree. That is my point, and that is why I am helping you. Just what is the so-called Law of Val Brady wanted to know. There are six basic edicts. I'm surprised they haven't showered you with this. The edicts come from eons ago. They concern the structure of Mergendorf society. They are truth, obedience... Simplicity, civility, defense, peace, and survival. Those are all words. Yes, they are mere words. With thousands and thousands of more words written about the meaning of those words. The one truth that you should remember is this. The elders proclaim that obedience is the key to a good life. And they have their memory machines about the planet to ensure obedience. Obedience leads to a good life, a life that is proper in simplicity and lack of excess. It is civil in structure for its own survival. The eldest way of life will be defended to the death. Peace therefore is a highly desirable goal which is almost as close to existence itself and the survival of the society Volrain. We know these basics as your people on earth know the basics of their religions. The specifics are there, and available when needed. Existence. You Dorf should remember that one. The seven edicts of Alrain apply only to the functioning of Mergendorf society. I have tried to tell you that I don't agree with them. I can understand your deep resentment toward this order. But it has existed from a time so long ago that even the Mergendorf cannot comprehend it. And you ask my trust... "'Why do you care about me anyways?' thought Brady. "'You don't understand. You are a salvation to me. "'I have been trapped in a society of conformity. "'Oh, it isn't as strict as those in the perimeter, "'but you are the first creature I have met in my entire life "'who shares the ideals of freedom. "'I have a saddened envy for your world, "'a world that can freely determine what it wants.' "'Then you don't think Earth is excessive as the others do?' "'I didn't say that,' said the telepath in his thoughts. Grok is right when he calls your world a noble experiment. "'It, or most of it, grows according to the needs and power of its many societies. "'But as our lifespans are planned by Volrain Law, your world has little checks. "'Yes, it is excessive, and that excess can lead to a final war. "'Your technology has surpassed your excess tendencies.' and the end will come on August 31st, 1992, unless you return. Ah, that good old date. What else do you know about that date, Antovian? I only know what they learned at Station 6. Competing forces will vie for control of your world, And one word, stands up. RPEG, said Brady out loud. Yes, that is the word. Well, what does it mean? There is no such word in my vocabulary. Maybe the commander knows more. He told all officers that that word holds meaning to the war of undoing, he thought. And once again, he put his hand on Brady's shoulder in Dorfian friendship. That is why it is imperative that you return to your Earth. But how? You said yourself we're near the perimeter. If I see an opportunity, I'll seize it. I must get back to Earth. Please, please. Your return to Earth lies within Vol Volrain? Yes. I have put my life at jeopardy to get you to Volrain. You see, the elders have only catered to the Mergendorf needs. They have never seen a human. Perhaps a human might change their minds. Might? I can't deal in might, Santovian. I must return to Earth. The elders have the power to allow free and safe passage to Earth. How long will you wait? When we reach the perimeter. What exactly is this perimeter? I know it surrounds your systems. It is basically a geodesic structure. Space centers housing thousands are formed at the many junctures. They are connected by high-speed trams. And the spaces between the supports do not permit matter to pass through. Energy of all sorts, but not matter. "'Now, Grok has planned to take you to one of those juncture centers "'until he figures out exactly what he will do with you,' he said, pausing. "'I will not let them take you there, my friend. "'What they have they got planned at this center? "'They could strip your memory and put you into menial servitude.' "'Not a very promising life,' thought Brady. "'In fact, it's pretty unbelievable,' he said out loud as he looked out the window." ''Please assure me that you will heed my words, Brady,'' said the dwarf. ''That,'' said Brady, turning, Antovian is up to you, because I am going to use something that doesn't exist in your culture.'' ''And what is that?'' ''My discretion.'' ''I respect you for that. Just remember I am trying to help you.'' ''Thank you. I know that.'' ''I must go, Brady,'' said the dwarf out loud. ''Stay and view the stars.'' ''Take care, my friend, Antovian.'' And Tovian left the room, somehow disrupting the force field, passing the guards outside. Brady watched the field come on again, and he looked back at the stars. He gripped the telescope and pointed it toward the sun, that tiny scratch of yellow light in the universe. Tears came to his eyes, because although he could not see it, Earth was in this viewing range. It is Earth that he had known so well, an Earth that was rushing through space on a collision course with itself. Join us next week as a noble experiment by Robert P. Fitton continues. This has
1: been a production of Fitton Theatre of the Words.